Hello and welcome to my Power of Music and Voice podcast. I talk to many industry professionals and non-professionals on the Power of Music and Voice for good mental health and general well-being and about what it means to them and how it's used. My passion is to raise the awareness of their power. With voice, it could be hypnotherapy, therapy, just talking about issues or singing. With music, it could be writing songs or performing or giving music therapy. That's another very effective way to help. They can both bring harmony, joy, peace, and so much more to our lives and to the lives of others when their power is embraced. Join me on this wonderful journey through music and voice. Hello and thank you for tuning in. Well, this week, my very first week, the launch of my podcast series is all about me. Me, 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 me. No, it's not all about me, but it is my story. And I just wanted to let people know how I came to be in the position that I am and why music is so passionate to me and why I want to inspire others. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself now and why I believe in the power of music and voice for mind, body and soul. Right now, I am teaching ukulele to many people with all abilities and all ages and I have formed the ukulele band, the Cuckoos, because I am slightly cuckoo, as people who know me will verify and testify. Now, the Cuckoos means the Creative Ukulele Club Kingdom of Offley Society. Bizarre, yes, but we are fun. And I've also moved into voiceovers. I'm doing two radio shows a month. I'm writing and recording songs as well as providing music workshops for adults and children with learning difficulties. I am doing what I love for a living and hopefully inspiring others along the way and helping them to chase their dreams. But it wasn't always an easy journey. In fact, it was a very difficult journey and it's taken me a long time, a lot of tenacity, a lot of hurdles to overcome and it has been an emotional roller coaster ride to say the very least, but I never failed to keep my dream in sight. My whole journey to get me to this point in life was because of and included music and voice. It inspired and helped me along. I grew up with music. My parents always had music on in the house and my mum was always dancing. In fact, my mum and her brother used to be the jive champions back in the day. They just completely loved music. It was a very happy household and I had a wonderful and loving childhood, which I shared with my two siblings. However, I was a very quiet and painfully shy child and because of that I got bullied at school. I can quite honestly say that my school days were the worst days of my life. I really hated them. I dreaded going into school every morning. But when I got home, my escape was music. I would go up to my room and perhaps do the homework that I needed to do. Sometimes I wouldn't even do that. I would just like indulge myself in in music. I would either listen to music or play music as I had taught myself the guitar. I'd been playing the guitar since I was 10. I would scribble out lyrics as well, anything and everything that came to mind, and in doing so, of course, it was therapy. I learned later on in years that that's what the therapists will ask you to do, you know, because I had therapy myself. So I was doing that at such an early age, during my school days, in fact. Uh, I would often screw up the paper and threw it away, but of course I didn't keep to think them for future songs. However, the memories are still there and I'm sure one day I will turn them into a song or two. So moving forward to my late teens, I gained confidence, huge confidence, because I was thrown in the deep end as an au pair in Italy for three months to a family I had never met. It was just by pure coincidence that I got the job and they had three children. I think they were eight and nine at the time, the two older girls, and then they had a six-month-old baby girl. 
So it was a baptism of fire for a very shy, non-confident 17-year-old. However, I embraced it. It was either sink or swim, and I I decided I was going to swim. And it was great. I had fun with the family. I went on holiday with them. I made lots of friends. I learned a new language. In three months, I was able to have conversational Italian very, very comfortably. And in fact, when I was out one day with my Italian friends, I was actually acting as an interpreter. So that was really cool. So I came back with, well, full of confidence. And I finally had said goodbye to those bullies and vowed I would never be bullied again. I got into musical theatre and bands. I loved the life it was giving me. I loved being on the road. It was such fun. Crazy, but fun. I mean, some of the stories I could tell you there. (laughs) Really, really good. And they'll make for good songs as well in the future too. In fact, I've written some. But anyway, I digress. It was always music I turned to when I was down or if anything negative happened and it kept me strong. It wasn't just music, of course. My family and friends were also there to support me in times of need. But even then, it would be with music somewhere. Or I'd be dragged along to a tea dance where the music was so brilliant you couldn't help but dance your troubles away. Dark days were to come though. Moving forward to my 30s after the death of my first husband to cancer, we had only been married 15 months and I was totally in love with him. We'd been together five years, married 15 months and he died in June 1998. I fell rock bottom, and not only that, his children kicked me whilst I was down. They changed the locks on my house and they squatted. They really couldn't care less that I'd provided a house for them by remortgaging the house for my husband to clear his debts and allow him to be free of the stresses and strains of his previous marriage, to give his children a roof over their heads. That really wasn't enough for them. They just didn't like the fact that I was around. I also lost my job due to the fact that I was mentally incapable of holding it down as it was a high-flying project manager's job and needed focus. And because of all this, of course, I got into major debt. I turned to alcohol because I was not being allowed to grieve properly and spend a lot of time drinking and not facing reality. I was basically just... I was just in my own little world and it wasn't a very good world. It was very dark. The stress brought me to a collapse The doctors thought I was having a heart attack, but it was actually the intercostal muscles tightening and giving me the feeling of a heart attack. I was put on Valium for a week or so until I had relaxed completely. I really was out of it for ages. I remember it being quite a lovely feeling, but joking aside, it was a really very serious problem and a very dark place at that time. I had collapsed In full view of everyone, to my embarrassment later on, of course, uh, I was working as a groom part-time at a yard because that's the only job I could actually take on board in my mental state. I just couldn't take anything more taxing. So, yes, very embarrassing when you collapse in front of people clutching at your heart. And, of course, (laughs) I just remembered the fear on their faces as well as on mine. Anyway, coming out of that... Um, I continued with my part-time job at the stable yard as a groom and I also worked many shifts at the local pub. Ten months had gone by and I finally managed to get them out and sell the house, but not before the £800 a month mortgage arrears over 13 months had to be paid and, and all the other costs as well. However, before the house sale had gone through, I was still drinking and fell into the arms of someone and fell pregnant. 
that sobered me up very quickly. And there I was, suddenly realising that I had not had the chance to grieve for my late husband. I was pregnant and going through hell with the hormones. My personality was like completely turned around. Obviously, there was a... I didn't know it at the time, but I was heading for a crash and burn where depression was concerned. We tried to make the best of our situation because we really wanted the baby. But it was a strain. And when our lovely George was about 15 months old, we separated. Before I go on, I mean to say that George was only four weeks old when I brought him to my bluegrass band rehearsals. And have you heard a banjo? Very loud. But he either slept through it all or just watched. He came to gigs too. Needless to say, he is a singer, songwriter and talented musician now. The power of music, eh? <laughs> but it was tough being a single mum, even though his dad supported us by providing maintenance and always wanted to have him at weekends. I did fall in to that deep depression I just mentioned that I was heading for and I really had to seek help. I didn't feel depressed enough to want to do anything silly but I was depressed enough that I didn't want to go outside of the house. I just wanted to sit with the curtains drawn. Obviously I had to because George needed to get out. I needed to, you know, I had George to take responsibility for. So thankfully, George did get me out of the house, but I was in such a low state. So I sought counselling. So not only on top of that depression, I had to go bankrupt as well. So I had so much going around in my head. Anyway, I got counselling, which took a year or so, but it was so good. And then I got a house, then I got a job as a house cleaner or rather several jobs where I was able to bring George around with me and I just sort of dragged his playpen from one room to the next. He was such an easygoing child that, uh, well, he didn't have a choice, basically. So anyway, not only did I have my cleaning jobs, I also worked two nights a week as an auxiliary nurse for a year or so at uh, a nursing home in Henley. I would drop George off at his dad's for 7pm and collect him at 8.30 in the morning and then do the same for the next night. It was really tough, though, because I had to clean during the day as well and did not sleep for two days each week. But I was earning and getting myself back on my feet. And then an opening for a music group for toddlers came up in Henley. Those of you who know me will remember music makers. With encouragement from friends, I grabbed the opportunity. I, I must admit, I was very doubtful because I had lost a lot of confidence through that time. I think anybody would do if you, you know, hadn't been socialising with people, you'd had all that to contend with. I had lost some confidence, so although I could play the guitar and I knew I could do it, I wasn't quite sure whether I should do it. But my friends pushed me and said, yeah, you can do it, go for it. You know, this is an opportunity of a lifetime, do it. So I did. In 2004, Music Makers was started. And not only was I able to bring George with me, which, of course, saved childminding fees, but the music and the interaction through it was just the pick-me-up that I needed. I was finally finding me again and giving confidence to preschoolers, but also providing a place for the parents to enjoy time being silly with their little ones, because I made them join in too. We'd have limbo dancing, we'd do the time walk, we'd do all the silly party dancing, we'd play instruments. And of course, I would play the favourite songs and sing them. You know, I had my guitar and we would do all their favourite little songs. But again, music continued to be a big part of my life and, of course, others. Because the mums would go away with happy children and often tired children. The mums themselves used to say they considered it an exercise class, so they went away happy. 
smiles on their faces and feeling they'd done a 45-minute workout as well. So absolutely all positive. So I continued to follow that musical path and that was definitely what I wanted to do. And anybody who knows me all my life knows that music, I've just loved singing and performing. And I like nothing better than actually working an audience. I love to sing live, sing and play live and work an audience. So this was definitely what I wanted to do. And I got work in schools providing music workshops a regular musical job at a residential home for adults with learning difficulties, and I did music sessions for those suffering with dementia. And whilst working in these environments, I learned just how powerful music was. I could see how dementia patients who were lost in their own world, not always a nice world, were brought to the present moment through music, helping them remember words, dance moves, stories, in fact. It was incredible to see. Sometimes it would just be for that one hour. Other times, while staying after for a cup of tea and chatting to them after the session, I would hear stories. For some reason, they were able to carry it over after the session. They would tell me stories. And they would recount not only their stories, but the songs we sang during that session. So it really took them out of that dark world of dementia for that little short time. And I've also seen the change it brings to adults and children with learning difficulties. They would respond positively, they'd smile, they'd dance or sing if they could. Music would elicit such positive actions. It was through all these sessions that I continue to do now that I decided I really want to talk about and spread the word of its power. I have seen it firsthand. I have worked since 2004 with all these different people, with all these medical conditions, and I've performed music workshops or given music workshops. And nothing has been short of a miracle sometimes from what I've seen. So as you can hear, I am so passionate about it. I just want to, to share it with everybody. So another example was later on, I started teaching ukulele to years five and sixes in schools. Now, although they were mainstream children, they had issues, emotional issues, from coming from less fortunate home circumstances, but the change in their behaviour and their outlook as well, as their confidence was incredibly positive. They started off believing they were not good enough to learn anything, which really saddened me. They used to come in very negatively, you know, oh, I don't know why I'm here because I've been told I can't do this. But, you know, I, I said, no, you can. Just trust me. Stay with me. So after 10 weeks, they gave their first concert and they used to start coming into the sessions and giving me a high five, ready to learn some more. I was so proud of them and their teachers reported back that their behaviour in class had changed as well. I mean, I couldn't be happier. And I got the testimonials to prove it as well. The teachers really were so amazed about how a 10-week course could just transform these five children. And as some of you know, I am also a professional yodeler. And I started doing corporate yodeling team building events, which not only helped the team, but it gave confidence to the individuals. Because it was so totally wacky, it brought music and laughter to the session. And you'd have people coming in with, you know, thinking, oh gosh, I don't want to be here. I can't sing, let alone yodel. But by the end of the session, they were laughing, they were singing, they'd learned their breathing techniques and they had confidence. So, you know, gradually, as all these sessions were coming to the fore for me to, to give all these music 
workshops. Gradually, my cleaning jobs disappeared and I became a music professional, which I am now and enjoying every minute of it. So you can see why I want the world to know. I love to teach music and inspire and I hope that my story has inspired you to chase your dreams and made you believe that anything is possible. You've just got to believe. For me, music yielded its power every step of the way. Over my next few episodes, you will be able to hear personal stories of how music and or the voice has helped others as I chat to some very interesting people with their very interesting stories on this subject. I hope you have enjoyed my story and I will see you next time and thank you very, very much.